Hi, welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. I am your host, Meredith Bruff. I'm a wife, a mother of five, a childcare expert, and a sleep coach. I'm here to teach you the most effective sleep advice for infants and young children. With my guidance, sleep will become something that you look forward to again, and you will feel rested. I believe that motherhood is the most important and demanding role that we have, but the challenges and accomplishments that go along with it go unnoticed frequently. We are going to talk openly about these things so that we can draw strength and compassion from each other. I will share my perspective as a seasoned mother and help you experience more fulfillment. Hello, thank you for listening to the Sweet Summer Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be sharing my friend with you, friend and past client, Amanda Sardinas. She is a full-time mama of a two-year-old girl named Hannah. And we're talking today because this is an awesome mom that I want to share with you. And I want to share some of the lessons that she's learned and her philosophy on parenting because it's so uplifting and inspiring. Amanda, say hello. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. True pleasure and honor. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sure I kind of embarrassed you, but I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, let's show that off. <laughs> it's cute. But yes, I think the world of Amanda, and I've wanted to interview her for a long time. How long have we known each other? Has it been like a year and a half? It's a good year and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, we started out um, as a coach client type of relationship and it didn't take us long to become good friends and oh, right off the bat yeah and she lives all the way in Florida and I'm in Iowa but we try to stay in touch she does her part I do mine it works well <laughs> right <laughs> take care <laughs> oh and I forgot to say that you are expecting number two Woo-hoo. We, are. we are two more months and we know what you're having is this something you're sharing a little boy yeah this is his room so it looks really nice two more months can't even tell by your face or your upper body if it's pregnant you want to show us your belly (laughs) you are too kind Uh, we have a little bit (laughs) you're adorable that's cute oh my goodness made my day thank you (laughs) I mean, I carry so wide and big. So whenever I see a cute little basketball, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Even if you think it's a big basketball, whatever, same thing. <laughs> it's a nice size, nice shape. All right. So another reason we're here, not just so I can show her off and, and uplift you guys, but um, Hannah is spirited and sensitive. Absolutely. Would you like lean towards one or the other? She's pretty equal on both types of temperament. She's really equal. She, she's very strong on both. <laughs> so, okay. um, I, I, she has a lot of the sensitive moments and a lot of spirited moments and a lot of combined moments. So um, she's got her, her beautiful, strong moments. <laughs> <laughs> That's one great way to put it. <laughs> well, and so it's not like... I'm not saying, oh, she's half spirited, half sensitive, man hit the jackpot. It's more that we're talking about this because that's challenging. That's really, that's really tough. It, 
in some ways. It was unexpected. So being a first time mama, even though I was older mama, I, I, I had no idea. And it was a big surprise for me um, because that saying that sleep like a baby, I really thought baby slept and I really didn't think anything of it until our baby didn't sleep. And so the, when we brought her home from the hospital by day nine, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> because she didn't sleep. Um, and a few, what was it? She had an undiagnosed reflux, but it was like a really strong reflux. I, I don't know what the medical term is, but she needed medicine for it. It was that strong. And they didn't diagnose her with that until three months old. When I called one day, I said, look, I, I understand that babies need sleep and she cries all the time. And I understand it could be colic, but the baby's not sleeping. At this point, I'm worried about her neurological development because I mean, she's just not sleeping. And that's when um, the doctor's like, oh, well, it, it's probably reflux. And, and so we got her comfortable with her reflux. Um, and then after that, I kept saying, okay, let's give her time, let's give her time. And I remember being online one night, I don't remember what hour it was, and um, someone had recommended you in a Facebook mama group. And I reached out to you the next day and I, I am forever grateful that God put you in our path because you helped us so much. Um, by six months old, you really helped Hannah to, to turn that corner that she needed to turn <laughs> because mama was, mama, mama needed sleep. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about your parenting style because you could have turned to anyone, right? What was it that made you turn to me? And you know what I mean? Like, tell us about what was important to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I, I really um, did not want to do cry out or any, anything near of a cry it out method. I did not want to force her to be alone and to figure it out per se. Um, and that, that I felt very strongly about. Even my husband would try and take her and just be with her in a room and say, you know what, maybe Amanda, you being with her so much, maybe that's causing her to be excited. And I couldn't even take the crying outside of the room knowing she was well cared for. Um, so um, what I really cherished about your technique is how gentle it is and how you're all about um, that love and trust and security of bringing the child closer to the parent and helping reassure the child that mama and pa are still there and it is okay for you to close your eyes and it is okay for you to be in this setting in a crib or, or wherever it is that that you are at because you are safe and um, for Hannah teaching her those teaching her those lessons and the way that you helped us to teach her, um, it, it, it really helped her to feel more comfortable. And even, and I remember even thinking when she was just a couple weeks old, again, first time mom, I had no clue about anything. I, I still don't, but you know, I, I really just was shot in the dark, like what, what's going on? I had this feeling like she's not, she felt unsafe. She's not secure. And I didn't know how to help her realize I'm here, my love. And you really helped me help her realize that. So I hope I answered your question, but oh, you did. really um, help her be more comfortable to sleep. Yeah. 
in a gentle way. What but that's, about, oh, go ahead. No, that, that's, that's what um, really, when I, when I saw what you, on, on your website, what you were offering and, and saying that it was all about the techniques. I'm like, oh, this, this is, and then when we talked the next day, I got off the phone and I told my husband, she's it. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone else. We got we to gotta go with Miss Marianne. I love it. That's so cute. So I know that that wasn't the end of the road for you or anything. Like, you know, I'm pretty clear with people is like, I'm going to help you strengthen sleep and I'm going to give you tools to keep strengthening sleep, but it's not going to be perfect. And I do remember maybe just a couple months later, maybe a few where you guys were struggling again and you listened to your mom instincts and you came up with some new solutions. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Anything to do with her, where she slept? Oh. Do you remember coming up with a great idea for her? To oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I shared that idea with so many people, but tell us about, tell us about the period and then what you ended up doing. Here. Oh, okay. So this is survival. <laughs> um, so she, my Hannah, she loves motion and movement. And even in, we were talking about it the other night, so funny, um, because we said how we wish we would have got it on recording where the crib was just too small for her. And you think a crib too small for a baby, it was too small for Hannah. And we remember vividly the sound of the slats being smacked on because Hannah would just roll into them. Oh. So we had her on a floor mattress. And as she got older, you know, she would roll off that floor mattress. And th that's a hard thing to, to cope with that night, right? So we um, got a really big pack and play one of those extra large ones we cut the the floor mattress to be that size I only had to cut off four inches off the length we fit it in perfectly and she was such a happy camper in her oversized full-size sleep arrangement and so yeah so that is that the one yeah 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 <laughs> Cause not all like babies are gonna be okay on a floor mattress, right? Like, especially the spirited babies who like to get into trouble <laughs> or who just won't stay in bed, right? And so I loved that idea. And just a side note, it was memory foam, right? Yeah, it was um, memory foam. It was, um, at that time it was a folding, I can, I can send you the link. Um, it was a, a memory foam mattress and yeah. Awesome. And, uh, the playpen was like a soft mesh, so I didn't have to worry if she went up to the, the side of it because it was a mesh. And um, yeah, she did great with it. And yeah. that, that was a game changer too, because I could also use a lot of your techniques with keeping her feeling safe and, and reinforcing that in, in her room, um, in, that, in that big bed. And you could, <laughs> you could also be there for her when she seemed to need it which I know a lot of people are like against co-sleeping, but I'm a supporter if it's done safely because I know this is practiced all over the world for ages. And um, in some situations you have to get sleep. And I know there's people cringing when they hear that because it can be scary and nerve wracking, but this, this is a parent's call, okay? Um, in Amanda's case, we wanted just to have that boundary of keeping her in her own room. Right. And so being there for her, um, the other thing, other reason I'm not against it is because of the way little children 
can absolutely crave that contact and thrive from it. So that's one of those things where you trust your gut. I, I 100% agree with you. And I have to say, um, when Hannah was first born, I was on the other side of the fence where I, I really, um, I did not understand co-sleeping. And I, I was like, no way, why would somebody, I just didn't understand why. I didn't understand any of it. By three months old, because Hannah would not, she wouldn't go to sleep anytime I put her down. And I was like, well, I have to get sleep. So it was the first time I took her out to the knowing that we are there with her. And um, and you're right, that that setup allowed me to still go in at night with her. And to this day, I will probably go into her room. She calls for me around 4.30. Um, and she just wants, she wants mama. So I've tried to like wean her away a little bit. Um, and over time, it has worked and there are nights that she wants me there all night. And I, I appreciate that because she knows that she needs me and, and that contact makes her feel better. And at this age, um, I, I cherish that she is able to communicate with us that please mama, I, I wanna be near you for whatever reason. I may not know the reason, but she does. And she knows what she needs and if she needs us then. I, I am very thankful and feel honored for the ability to be there for her. Thank you, that's beautifully said. Well, there's so much that we can talk about. I am just thinking, why don't you share some of the, the hardest things for you when it came to like mom pressure when she was a baby and even as a toddler? <laughs> Outside pressures? Yeah. And, and okay. your own, if you put pressure on yourself as well, you know, those go hand in hand. Well, we can do the first pressures. And I was thinking about it. I think um, it's, so I think when, and this is something that you helped me, and I, I don't, you helped me understand. Because um, I remember one day she was like eight or nine months old and we had gone through a, a good high and then we had dipped back down and I, I wasn't too aware of the mental leaps and I think she was going through one and you knew right away what was going on and you encouraged me to be with her she's and you and it was the encouragement I needed that night it was like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and you sent me a text and you're like she needs you it's okay and you gave me it was almost like you gave me the permission that it was okay to tend to her because I think at times you feel like I shouldn't have to do this. I, I shouldn't have to do all these things to get her to sleep or to get her to do whatever it might be. And I think as an adult, especially first time mom, I, again, I was used to doing things a certain way. I was raised a certain way. And I, I think in the back of my mind, I had this feeling of I shouldn't have to. And I think um, that was my own worst enemy. Uh, at times and it prevented me from being extra giving and extra nurturing um, because it's like at what point do you stop or at what point do you give and once I put that to the side of I shouldn't have to and instead replace it with this is what she needs uh, and this is for her heart and her mind and and her um, growth and development that, that was a huge game changer. So um, you taught me the patience and gave both me and my husband the permission that it was okay to be gentle and to be with her, to help her to sleep. 
because there's so many outside pressures and upbringings that we had deep within us um, that made it not okay of what we were doing. Somebody very close to us within two weeks said, let her cry it out. Two, not even two weeks old, let her cry it out. I'm like, and I remember him saying this and I'm like, no, she's hungry or she has a wet tech fry. I can't let her cry it out. In little things, like if I try and be nurturing, another time someone said, uh, she doesn't want to be held by you, not even two months old. And I'm like, doesn't want to be held by me. And I thought that they were serious because she was rubbing her eyes on my shoulder, almost like pushing me like this and fussing. I didn't know that it was a sleep cue. And you expect your elders to help you and to give you like the good knowledge that you need because I may have been 34 or 35, however old I was at the time, but it was my first time with an infant. It was my first time with a baby. I had no idea. And so those things to try and like, I don't know why they're sad. Those things to like put doubt in you those are some huge challenges for me that you put so much because um, of course you want to respect your elders and you want to put trust in them, but sometimes it causes doubts. Um, but that now looking back gave me the lesson learned of just trust in what you know. And if you have those instincts and that was another thing that you really helped me to rely on too. And, and my husband, just, you guys know your daughter and um and some of the hardest moments when I would send you those texts <laughs> and you would send me a text back and saying, it's okay. And this is, you're on the right track. You're doing what you need to do. It was such a relief to have that permission to do what we needed to do. Um, so very, very grateful for you and your advice. It, it, it helped us tremendously. It got us through some tough moments. I love it. Thank you. And just by the way, we didn't plan this conversation. <laughs> I didn't ask Amanda to be so nice to me, but she, thank you for all the kind credit, you know, kind words you're, you're saying. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about how this all came from my heart. Like I didn't read a study that said, you know, it's most important for moms to listen to their instincts and their intuition and block things out. And like I knew way before there was studies that it was important for us to meet their needs and teach them security because of my heart and knowing children. And I think we all know that, but it's just all those voices and all of that confusion that makes us lose our way. And when you're in the thick of it and you're exhausted and you're desperate and you're worried about the future and all these things, it's really hard to see straight. So I'm glad that I was able to be there for you. Oh, thank you so much. You brought light into our path and helped guide us through that thick forest. And we really, really appreciate everything that you have done for us and guided us through. Even to this day, Julian will say, well, what does Meredith say? Have you asked Meredith? And so, <laughs> I, for that. I forgot that was him. I, I think he and another dad would be like, oh, well, what sleep flex should we get? Go ask Meredith. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Meredith. I'm like, okay, well, here. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. I love it. I'll go ask Meredith right now. 
<laughs> and since we're friends, I could text her anytime. <laughs> oh, but she does it for me too. Um, so what are some of the lessons that you've learned in being Hannah's mama? And, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit more about what's challenging about having a spirit and sensitive child. Just talk more about it, because I think we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I, I think for me, one of the challenges is, hi, baby, right here. Um, one of the challenges, I think, is it's um, trying to say it in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's a lot of reinforcement when when I think your child is, is so um, <laughs> it, there's a lot more reinforcement I believe that's involved there's a lot more redoing and there's a lot more patience that's needed and patience is easy to give when you're feeling good and patience is a little harder to give when maybe you're not feeling so so rested and with a clear mind. And I think for me, that's one thing that I try very hard is to always stay um, patient with her. And I know, especially since I've been pregnant, I notice my patience has not always been where it should be. But I think that continuation of patience and just giving that, that love, um, is probably sometimes my challenge to make sure that I'm meeting her needs always in a positive light because yes, she may need a little more attention at times. Uh, I, I don't want it to be like a forced attention that she feel that she ever feels like, you know, like it's hard for me. I want her to feel like this attention because it's what I want to give her and I want her to feel that that want from me does that make sense mm -hmm. like you're just trying to be genuine and sincere and i think yeah. that you have to pull it from deep deep inside you sometimes but i also feel like god gave her the perfect mama and i don't mean perfect in like never making mistakes i just mean your heart and who you are is so perfect for her i've been impressed by you the entire time i've known you i promise thank you that, that means very very much and uh, just living by God's grace and and hopefully <laughs> hopefully trying to get something right. But I I think um, what it's also taught me is to really focus on her strengths because it, if this may be seen as a weakness, like the sleep schedule, the uh, the the sensitivity, the, the things that, that spark her, right? Um, but if, if I just see it as weaknesses, I think that gets a little frustrating at times. And that, that probably is also another challenge, is it can be frustrating. And that's what I don't want her to see. Um, but if I focus on it as her strengths, and if we flip the coin, and we look at it as she wants to be with us, how awesome is that your child wants to be with her parents that is so great it's a feeling that yes she's two now and it started from the moment she was born but if that's a feeling that we can nurture through childhood teenage years and adulthood yes it's more work but how precious is that so um i like i think it's helped me to learn to focus on her strengths 
and to see it in a positive manner. And that's what my husband and I have just focused on too. It'll be nine, 10 o'clock sometimes and we're exhausted, but we're like, well, it's the end of the day, play with her for five more minutes and then really try and put her down because she wanted that extra attention from us. I hope that answered your question. Yes, 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 of course it did. I just love it. I love your approach and I love you're able to think and see clearly in difficult times. I'm sure that's been a learning process. It's, it's a huge learning process and especially um, it's a lot of undoing how you're wired sometimes and redoing knowing that this is a good way and this wire works for your child and I think that was um might be backtracking a little bit but something else to really learn from this in that trust of what you know is it's like what you're saying you have that mama intuition and, and you know what works for your littles and to be you know, forced by society views and, and different things, as opposed to doing what, what's good for your little. Um, that's something I've really learned and have, have cherished in, in this walk as well, because you helped us give us that permission. And so that we could really nurture Hannah, so that we could tend to her needs. I think we were talking about the other day, sleep is half a day for a little one, right? <laughs> Hannah on a good day is 12 hours a day. Uh, I know other littles get like 14 to 16 hours of sleep a day. So um, that means that half of my day is dedicated to helping her feel comfortable enough to sleep because a lot of littles can go to sleep by themselves and stay asleep by themselves. But Hannah, my purpose half a day is to make sure she is sleeping and staying asleep and not just stay asleep, but that she's comfortable to sleep and she's in the right environment to sleep and, and everything that goes with it. Um, and I lost my train of thought, but just that, that you gave us those, um, the tools and the permission to do what's right for her. As she's getting older now, it shows, it shows in, in her actions. It shows when we go outside the home, when she interacts with others, she's often complimented on her behavior, on her, on her interactions between us and with them. And it's not, I don't feel it's by chance. It's because collectively we've had these tools, you've helped us with these tools and we've worked together to help her to this point. And um, for that, I, I'm very grateful and feel very fortunate, um, again, that, that we've met and that you've helped us in this path. Thank you so much. I just, I just want you to take the credit because it's taken so much work and focus and dedication and like, you know, going back to square one or whatever it is where you remind yourself, okay, this is what matters most. And there's no taking so much effort and you're getting to reap those rewards now. You know, it would be kind of fun. Are there other scenarios that you notice her progress? You want to share with us? You were writing those for me the other day. Do you remember some of the scenarios that you're like, oh, she's come a long way? Oh, my goodness. Leaps and bounds. So we were talking the other day about um, 
about always saying, go ahead. Oh, I just said that's, I was trying to help you. The separation anxiety is when you started thinking about it. Separation anxiety. And to, again, it's part of the, the tools that you've given us to reaffirm and, and, and reassure her that we're here. So something I started doing with her, I don't know when I started, but very young because her separation anxiety started, I think at three, about 10 to 12 weeks old. And um, I always tell her, I love you, I'll be right back. And we would play games about that. And um, over, over the course of the last two years, always, I love you, I'm going here. I love you, I'll be right back. When I came back, I, I love you so much and I miss you. And I always tell her I miss because I do. <laughs> I miss her and I'm happy to see her. Her separation anxiety for me, I couldn't leave the room until by 18 months, she started letting me go out for a few minutes. Now she's two years and two months and we can leave the house. Um, and I, I know it can be hard for certain toddlers too, but I imagine it would have been much harder for her if we didn't continue to work on that. And again, solidifying that foundation of love and security over this time has helped her to know it's okay, mama's coming back. I had to go to a doctor's appointment yesterday. My mom came at 7.30 in the morning and she's like, bye mom. I'm like, love you. <laughs> I give her a big hug, she's ready to go off to play. And she didn't cry while I was gone. She knew I would come back. Um, so that, uh, I lost the word. What's it when you're like continuous in something? You're- Consistent. I'm sorry? Consistent. Consistent, thank you, yes. <laughs> that consistency over the, the last year and a half, almost two years, uh, reassuring her and teaching her that we come back and it's okay has really helped um, reduce that separation anxiety. And on a positive side, uh, help her to become more independent and, and adventurous. And it's so sweet to see. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. When we were preparing for this, you shared something to me about wanting to, let's see, just teach Hannah she can depend on you and turn to you. And you said you had an experience when you were young uh, about like, I think it was when, how old were you? Five with Cry It Out. Can you just share yeah. that That's real quick? And, and, what, and what you learned about that, what you know, what you changed too with Anna from that experience. So my, um, my mom did cry it out with my brother and I am a twin and my mom is awesome. She, in her time, cried out was the thing. And the doctor told her to let her kids cry it out. So that's what she did. She always let us cry it out. And um, I remember one night, I was so scared of the dark. My, my brother always went to sleep. I was, I was a trouble sleeper, so I don't know where Hannah gets it from. But, um, <laughs> so one night, I, and I remember it, I was so scared of E.T. and I just knew he was there in my room and I was hiding under the covers and I peeked out from under the covers. And to this day, I remember him, the, the white E.T. You remember when he was in the incubator? He was there just looking at me, I hallucinated. And so, um, 
yeah, that was pretty scary. To this day, it's very hard for me to be in, in the dark, especially alone in the dark. And I didn't realize it until I had Hannah, but I kind of wonder, I'm like, do you think like some of my insecurities are from cried out? Um, as a, a kid, teenager, young adult, um, I would always make sure to find a solution before I brought a problem to my parents because I had to rely on myself to figure things out, right? And I, looking back, wonder, is that from crying out? Because I had to rely on myself to figure something out. And those sorts of insecurities that I didn't always attribute to cry it out, I just knew I didn't want Hannah to feel like she had to figure things out on her own or to feel alone, especially in a scary dark room. Um, and that's where I, I just didn't want to do cry it out because I, I remember the feeling of being alone and just wanting to be near, near my parents. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's a huge, I think a huge reason why I'm, I'm so against letting her cry it out because I just, I can't, I can't put myself to make her feel like that. And again, it's nothing against my mom if she listens to this. It, that's just what was taught. And I never told my mom these feelings. I, I, it's just things that I have felt and I remember feeling as a child. And those are feelings that I know there's going to be a day where she will have, where she will be alone, where she will have to figure it out on her own and in whatever situation that is. But uh, if it's something that I can help prepare her for and make it not so that she's forced to do it too young, um, I would like to be able to give her the skill sets and the foundation to feel like she can land flat on her feet and not be afraid in those scary moments and to know that she can do this and feel strong in the moment um, rather than a, a sense of insecurity because I'm scared. And so I guess that's why I really want her to always know that we are here for her now because when she gets to those scary moments that are going to come, I can't protect her from the world forever, right? They're going to come. Um, I, I want her to have that sense of security and that security net from within that foundation so that she can feel strong to make the decisions and to do whatever actions she needs to do and face those scary ETs out there um, when, when the time does come. I love it so much. Well said. No worries. <laughs> of explaining things, you always think, oh, that, that makes sense. It did. Perfect sense. So you made me think of two things. One um, was an interview that I had with a child care expert, a parenting expert, who said that that's one of, one of the dangers of doing Cry It Out is that we actually program ourselves to not respond she said, you create neural pathways that will actually become a habit during the day. Like there's going to be other times when you don't respond to your little one's cries or needs because you're programming yourself to shut those off at certain times. It's going to cross over and affect you in other areas of parenting. So I thought that was really, really interesting. But you also reminded me of 
my daughter, Julia, and listening to you talk about what you hope for her. And this might make me emotional because I've got this daughter who just went off to college and we're so proud of her, um, but we miss her so much. But this little one, I forgot until she was graduating and we were putting together like albums and like she was doing poster boards and um, I shouldn't say albums. <laughs> it was more than we were doing like a slideshow. But my husband put this together and he was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that Julia was always in your arms or standing behind one of us, hiding behind our legs. Like you'd see her little face poke out between our legs or on the side of our legs. And she always had her little thumb in her mouth. And she just was quiet and watching and just so chill. And we were her security blanket. Well, in the last couple of years, this girl is like the most outgoing. She's a leader. You know, I, I, we went to this prom with her as a church one in uh, April or May, and she was every single line dance. She was out in front leading. <laughs> oh, like, so taking her to college, she was like, I'm ready, which helped me not be emotional. I was actually strong the whole day. I think I broke into tears like twice for like five seconds. I was so proud of myself because she was ready and she was confident and she was excited and she was going to do this thing. And she was doing something hard, uh, chemical engineering, where there's very few girls. She she knew that going into it. And it's such a hard major, <laughs> crazy girl. Um, oh. But like, I love remembering back to when she was little. And we gave her the space and the time to just be ready for things when she was ready for things, not force her. I feel like having her home with me and her doing preschool, you know, at like four and not earlier. I think that helped her. It was right for her. Um, but like this little one, <laughs> you, this little one absolutely blossomed from the love and support and security and happy brain that she had. And so I just want to share that with you to give you comfort in what you're hoping for. You're doing I love it. <laughs> you're doing the right things. So Amanda, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share about raising Hannah and things you're grateful for you've learned or that you want to pass on to other moms? I, um, I don't know if it's, if I've already said it, um, but I would love to encourage other moms that are in the thick of it. And I know I, in a few months, I will probably be back in the thick of it again, um, to remember to um, to trust in, in how they feel because what they feel is not wrong and um, they know their little's best. They're gonna get a lot of advice and some of it's good. The advice that's not good, it's, it's good to just put in file 86, right? And or what is that file 68 but into the trash can. Um, and to know that all their hard work it's going to pay off. I see it at two. You see it now with your daughter at how old is she? 18? And just to see how this hard work and dedication and attention um, really does pay off. I, I, I love, I love the story of, that you just said. It, it's, it's true. And way to go for her she's she's doing great um i sometimes and i think one of the things that um 
I, I lightly mentioned it, but I didn't know that littles could have such a hard time to sleep. And it's not, I think we look at it as a bad thing. Like, oh, my child's a good sleeper or a bad sleeper. I never say she's a bad sleeper. I say she likes to stay awake, but she's not a bad sleeper. It's just helping some kids need that extra TLC to go to sleep. And even though that extra TLC is sometimes hard to give, um, to be steadfast and go with it because it's, it's so gonna pay off. It, I, I see it here with Hannah and I know you see it with so many littles that come across your way. And so um, that would be my encouragement to keep going forward. Don't get discouraged and um, to call you when they do because <laughs> you, you will give them that, that reassurance and permission that they need to um, make it through that night. And um, your, your Facebook group is amazing as well. Um, have a lot of positive supporting mamas in there as well who have, have walked the walk and are now also helping other mamas in the walk to keep forward. Well, thank you. Uh, it's magic to stop talking because I think we could just listen and listen and discuss this um, for hours. So I hope that my listeners have enjoyed it and we're inspired the way I hoped. Um, I expect that the answer is yes. Thank you for being here, Amanda. Thanks for letting us watch the top of little Hannah's head wander around. <laughs> Listen to her thumping cuteness. And, <laughs> and <Thank> you guys. <laughs> appreciate you being open and sharing. And I just want to tell my listeners, thanks for being here. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. Ready to understand your child better? Then take the sleep temperament quiz, reveal your child's sleep nature, and unlock the solutions to your exhaustion in just five minutes.